Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to the March 3rd episode of Poets and Muses. We chat with poets about their inspirations. I'm your host, Imogen A-Rate. You can follow us on SoundCloud, Instagram, as well as Twitter under Poets and Muses. And as always, you can sign up for our newsletter at the upper right-hand corner of the Poets and Muses SoundCloud page. Today we have with us Idauri Navarro Perez, who will be reading her poem Entropia, or Entropy, and I will be reading my poem Vision Quest. Before we turn to that, however, I'm going to go over the poetry events taking place in the valley during the week of March 4th. On Monday, March 4th, from 7 to 9.30 p.m., Savannah Lutman and Phoenix Firebird events will be hosting the Firebird Open Mic at Thirst Base, which is at 1028 Grand Avenue in Phoenix. Signing up to be on the mic is between 5 and 7 p.m. On Tuesday, March 5th, from 6 to 8 p.m., Connect and Heal will be hosting its weekly poetry writing workshop at the Chandler Community Center, which is at 125 East Commonwealth Avenue in Chandler. From 7 to 8.30 p.m., OME and Film Bar Phoenix will be hosting its improvised poetry orchestra at Film Bar Phoenix, which is at 815 North 2nd Avenue. From 8 to 11 p.m., Ken Kong is hosting his weekly The Underground Experience at 2601 on Central, which is at 2601 North Central Avenue in Phoenix. Signing up to be on the mic starts at 7.30. On Wednesday, March 6th, from 8 to 11 p.m., Poetic Soul Phoenix will be hosting its open mic at Club Downtown, which is at 702 North Central Avenue in Phoenix. Signing up to be on the mic starts at 7 p.m. On Thursday, March 7th, from 7 to 8.30 p.m., Sozo Coffee House will be hosting its monthly open poetry night open mic at 1982 North Elma School Road in Chandler. From 7 to 9 p.m., Wordplay Cafe and the Mesa Arts Center will be hosting its open mic at the Nile, which is at 105 West Main Street in Mesa. If you get there by 6 p.m., you can join their writing and performance workshop. From 8 to 11 p.m., Quinton Oni will be hosting his weekly open mic at Jobat Coffee and Bar, which is at 333 East Roosevelt Street in Phoenix. Signing up to be on the mic starts at 7.30. On Friday, March 8th, from 7 to 9.30 p.m., Shantae O'Ryan, Bill Campana, and Jack Evans will be hosting their monthly Caffeine Corridor open mic and poetry series at 9 The Gallery, which is at 1229 Grand Avenue in Phoenix. You can sign up from 645 to read. On Saturday, March 9th, from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m., Raquel Dennis will be hosting the first of two free teen intensive workshops called Memorizing Ourselves, the Poems of Our Memories at the Piper Writer's House, which is at 450 East Tyler Mall in Tempe. The workshop is open to English and Spanish bilingual youths between the ages of 14 and 18. On Sunday, March 10th, from 1.30 to 3.30 p.m., Lauren Drexler of Gen Society will be hosting the Mesa Prototyping Project Poetry Workshop at KE Learning Lab, which is at 126 West Main Street in Mesa. From 1.30 to 2.30 p.m., Connect and Heal will be hosting its January Poetry Workshop at the Chandler Public Library, which is at 22 South Delaware Street in Chandler. From 3 to 5, Connect and Heal would then be hosting its monthly poetry open mic at Improv Mania, which is at 250 South Arizona Avenue in Chandler. From 6 to 9 p.m., Infuse will be hosting its monthly open mic at the Phoenix Center for the Arts, which is at 1202 North 3rd Street in Phoenix. Signing up to be on the mic starts at 5.30. And now let us turn to our guest poet of the week, Edauri Navarro-Perez. 
Hi, Doubting. Hi. Thank you very much for coming on to Poets and Muses. Thank you for inviting, of course. You brought with you today your poem, Entropy. Yes. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself before you read the poem to us? Sure. The basic thing that I always tell to people when they ask me that question, I'm a PhD student in Arizona State University. I study life sciences. Very passionate about science. I'm, yeah. I'm a nerd. Me too. Um, very proud of it. Yeah. <laughs> I have discovered poetry uh, via friend uh, which actually this friend helped me to translate the poem okay. from Spanish to English Great. when we were on Belize uh, we were doing some field work okay he brought a poetry book from a spanish young poet called marwan okay and he's like great like marwan is great and he also brought a poetry book from luis ramiro if i'm not mistaken i was born one evening and he gave me the book and i started reading and i was just like damn this is like really really good Mm-hmm. And that was, I think that's the one that, that I, like, remember the most. Mm-hmm. I think that's one of my first interactions with poetry. Okay. And after that, I just became a little bit obsessed. And mm-hmm. I bought, like, a lot of books in uh-huh. Spanish poetry. But more contemporary. I, mm-hmm. I have not, like, read, like, a lot of old poetry. Mm-hmm. And then The Womb with Rupi Kaur. Okay. Feminist poetry. Okay reading and then like through experiences of life trying to write a little bit of poetry and then I have been writing poetry since 2015. Okay, recently, pretty recently. Yeah, very recently. Yeah, I have some notebooks always that travels with me and every nice. time every time that I write something like I start writing in my phone mm-hmm. and then it's like I, I keep editing like through the months or through the days mm-hmm. then I pass it to my notebook when it's like the final version oh okay so you actually write out the final version by yes. hand yes okay yes. yeah yes. wow yes. cool um, that's like a hobby <laughs> okay okay yeah that's really interesting yeah because I, I just write on my phone like you start writing on my phone and sometimes depending on how long I'm interacting with my phone, then I might edit on my phone and then send the version to my computer. So oh. I don't do by hand anymore. I, I just find, like, my hand is too slow when I'm writing, you know, like, just making the letter is too slow and yeah. typing is so much faster. Well, I don't know. I mean, I do really like to, I really enjoy to write letters and send it uh, to friends. Okay. And I have one friend, she's in Canada right now, and we send letters to each other, not like really often but maybe like two or three times per year mm-hmm. so i really enjoy that i really enjoy to write to my phone and then pass it to my notebook okay it feels i don't know feels you just like the feeling yeah i like yeah. the feeling cool. cool yeah so did you write before you said you started writing poetry in 2015 but did yeah. you write in other forms before well when i was a little kid i used to want to be like an artist i used to want to be like a singer Oh. Or I used to want to be a writer and writing like short stories, but it okay. was when I was little. I don't even remember what I wrote about. Okay. I remember once that I I always made my sisters to like listen to all my short stories, even mm-hmm. though they didn't make sense at all because it was <laughs> I was like I don't know like eight years old, like mm-hmm. ten years old, and they sit down table and I read the story. And they were just like, oh, yeah, great. It was like half an hour reading a story. I was like, yeah, I'm an author. Um, (laughs) That's cool. Poetry began began in 2015. But before that, I made like really short stories. Mm -hmm. But it was very inconsistent. Okay, okay. No, I didn't dedicate too much time when I was a little kid. It was more like, oh, I want to write about this. And I did it. And then it was like, okay, I do something different. Something would drive you to write something, and then yeah. then it will stop, and then maybe another inspiration comes. Yeah, and that happens to me too right now. Starting a PhD, sometimes it's kind of hard to find like time for yourself. Mm-hmm. But I got inspired by different st- by songs, mm-hmm. by yeah. things that I see, by movies or feelings or things that I have lived. Sometimes I like to write if I'm, like, from a perspective from another person. Mm, yeah, yeah. And if when I don't have, like, too much time, like, to sit down and, like, write, what I do is, like, I put in my notes on the cell phone. I put, like, the feeling that left me that time. Oh, okay. And then, uh, I don't know, I can, like, go the other day and then, like, read it and say, oh, and I 
receive the same impact, and then I write about it. Okay. okay. I used to write a lot in the train in Puerto Rico. Mm -hmm. So, I'm from Puerto Rico, by the way, sorry. <laughs> I didn't say that. Where? Where from Puerto Rico? Uh, I am from Bayamón, which is pretty close from the capital. Okay. Without traffic, it's like 20 minutes. With traffic, it's crazy. Like, Driving. Two hours, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. You've been here for a while since you're, you're doing your PhD, right? Yeah, I mean, well, I started last August. So okay. I moved here, like, just to start a PhD. Ah, okay. um, I mean, I visited the school before yeah. for the interviews yeah. and all this stuff. But that was my first time in Addison. I have been to other states. Right, right. Um, even though I have traveled a lot during my undergrads, um, mm -hmm. I always lived in Puerto Rico. Like, mm -hmm. no matter what, I always go, go back. back. Okay. But now I'm living here, so it's right, like a right. big transition. <laughs> yeah, it must be so different. I mean, there's the heat, but it's more tropical, right, in Puerto Rico? Oh, it's super tropical. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, my soul is tropical. <laughs> <laughs> so you can feel yourself kind of drying out, right? Uh, yeah, kind of, kind of, kind of. It's different, but I think that every place has its own beauty just oh, to be yeah. able to find it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it is really gorgeous. I love the sunsets here especially when it's cloudy it doesn't matter what it's setting over it could be like a garbage heap in fact i wrote a poem about that it was like you know you, the sun could be setting over a garbage heap and it will make it gorgeous yeah sunsets in here are beautiful yeah oh yeah. god oh anyways before we get too off the track <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. um no no it's fine and it, in fact when you sent me the title for the poem i had thought maybe you were studying physics or something oh, it's yeah. why don't you read the poem to us and then we can talk about what it's about and also why the title okay perfect so i'll read it in spanish first and then in english yeah sounds good okay entropía tú eres todo eso de lo que te conformas todo lo que rechazas por miedo todo lo que no quieres descubrir, todo ese bagaje de energía aplastada en un sofá, esperando a que la vida cambie a través del televisor, como piano envuelto en polvo, como libro en el basurero, tanto potencial aplastado en la estaticidad, tantas ideas aplastadas en patrones, tanta vida aniquilada en pastillas. No somos lo que soñamos, somos lo que hacemos. De nada vale soñar si no se vuelven hechos. Por eso me alejé del potencial para hacer cinética. Me alejé del conformismo para hacer entropía. Gastada, toda cansada, toda exhausta, pero sin quedarme con las ganas. Entropy. You are all the things that you settle for. Everything that you reject out of fear. All the things that you don't want to discover. All that wasted energy crushed on a sofa, waiting for life to change through TV commercials like a piano covered by dust, like a book in a corner of a room, so much potential wasted as a static, so many ideas neglected into patterns, so much life killed by pills. We are not what we dream, we are what we do. What worth is there in dreaming if these don't become true? That's why I stay away from being potential to become kinetic, step away of my comfort to become entropy, Shadow, all tired, exhausted, but never losing the desire. Great, thank you. It sounds like a very personal poem. Was it a personal poem? Yes and no. Okay. I remember when I wrote this, and I was very frustrated with a friend mm -hmm. that had so much potential, mm -hmm. but that person cannot see it. And it's mm -hmm. like, it keeps like, oh, I'm not worth it, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, you are so good. Like, you mm -hmm. can't, you have so much stuff that you can show to the world, but you're the one that is doubting yourself mm -hmm. always. Mm -hmm. And I cannot, like, I cannot get inside you and, like, mm -hmm. wake you up. Right, right, <laughs> so right. I was kind of frustrated by that. So I wrote. <laughs> okay yeah yeah I can feel it I can feel that that frustration and also that desire to just like I can do better you know let me do better at least yeah um but wh why entropy first <laughs> before that I want to give thanks to Louise Weber and Nemesis and Nicole Thompson that helped me to translate the poem okay. well I really like the word entropy or entropia in Spanish because I think that when you are learning about entropy in physics it's like all that wasted energy that is still energy but it's just in the air and you cannot do something about it mm -hmm. um, 
but it was used. So it's something like from this energy that it was just staying there to like do something and then still being energy, but just, I don't know, all disperse I, I, I don't know I think that's poetic I really yeah. like the idea of you still being energy but you're like all dispersed now right right. For the audience who, who don't know or are not familiar with oh. the idea of entropy so correct me if I'm wrong it's the physics principle that everything tends to go toward chaos yes basically. yes so yes, yes one of the examples I was reading in Brian Greene's book about entropy is that if you have pages of a book loose pages of a book and if you throw them up in the air and then gather them again and throw them up in the air again whereas in the beginning the book's pages are all in order if you keep throwing them up in the air you will have a room scattered with book pages that are completely in random order mm-hmm. yeah yeah, no, that that's a really good example. <laughs> yeah, I, I love the way he explained it. Uh, that book, what was it? Fabric of the Universe, Cosmos. Ah, I'll get the link. <laughs> okay, yeah, you have to send me a link. Yeah, it's, it's a great book. He uses pretty much Simpsons oh. throughout. He teaches <laughs> physics through Simpsons analogy. Oh, nice, it, nice. It, it was pretty, pretty amazing. Made it very accessible. Mm-hmm. So the idea is basically, as you said, is your friend... Having all this potential, but let it just scatter and escape him or her, just randomly losing control over anybody. Yeah, I mean, or just like the idea to actually do something. Yeah. Because you can say in your life, but like when you're trying to decide something, like should I do it, should I not do it, you will not, will stay intact. You always will have times that will transform you. Mm-hmm. And in that transformation you lose energy that's entropy too right, right. so it's like just do this stuff and even though maybe you could be damaged there's always there will be always new experiences that will mark your life and that will help you grow but you need to take the decision to do something about it you cannot right. stay saying, I mean you could but yeah but life will push you no matter what yeah yeah exactly I can feel the frustration too when you were talking about oh, it's kind of hard like after I wrote I was like I kind of feel that <laughs> <laughs> no but it's good right because I guess it's something that you've been trying to express to your friend and they weren't listening so much and or they are responding in the way that they respond and I mean I don't know if at this point the person knows that the poem is for that person <laughs> But I don't know if they know that they were Denise. Oh, have they heard it? Have yes. They, oh, oh, okay. Yes. Interesting, interesting. I don't know. That will be like a really intense <laughs> conversation. <laughs> so you haven't seen much effect from the hearing, no? No, okay. no, no. I mean, because I think that it's kind of mean. It, it gets to the point where it could be kind of harsh. Like yeah. if somebody wrote a poem about me, like was saying all this, I would be like, hey, I'm not like this. I'm very sassy so (laughs) but yeah I think that I don't know the person have the poem and if it touched the person that's great but let the word flow and reach the people (laughs) exactly exactly at some point I feel like at least for me and it seems like for you as well poetry is to express something that you know sometimes it's just frustrations it's emotional baggage that we have that we can't get out and poetry lets you yeah get that out yes yes definitely no definitely i agree with that i like the fact that besides the title itself entropy you also mentioned becoming kinetic energy rather than just potential energy so you are actually harnessing your energy to move you forward in the way that you think yeah i mean not to be just a static instead of like not doing something just do something about it like Mm -hmm. being movement i think that the word movement is just amazing and for people that know spanish there is i love jorge drexler he's like a uruguayan singer and he has a song about movement and how like everything that is alive is moving Mm, and it's just the thought about energy movement i think that's it's great Mm -hmm. i get excited yeah (laughs) (laughs) well you you seem like a very energetic individual right you you i could be i could be very energetic or i could be really slow too i could Mm -hmm. be like Depends on the day. It's like, I don't know. The energy, how the energy manifests in me, it's really weird, but (laughs) grateful. Yeah, I really love the the imagery that you bring, you know, this, again, the sense of frustration, talking about wasted potential, 
as you said, in the second stanza, like a piano covered by dust or a book in a corner of the room. So all, all these amazing tools that could be used to either gain understanding of the world or, or express artistry is just, just wasted. just getting to know yourself a little yeah. bit more yeah. through a book. I mean, when we read a book, we always read it with our perspective. The things that we take, it's just like talks a lot about ourselves. So when we see an abstract painting, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's the way that you interpret it. It's just saying a lot about yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really wonderful. And so, when are you going to read it to that person again? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I don't have it in my agenda. So, <laughs> so once in a while, you just bring it out. You read it to them, right? Yeah. Actually, I mean, the way that I decide to translate this poem before I left Puerto Rico to come here, I just wrote some poems that I had on my notebook, and I make like little notebooks to all of my well, not all of them, but my best friends. Are the closest when I gave them to them, to them. Oh, okay. and like I told them, well, sometimes I could not pick up the phone or everything, but if you want to talk to me and I'm not available, just read the book and it's like my words, so you will feel that I'm with you. Okay. Oh. Um, and that's one of the poems that I put on the notebook. Okay. That I gave to them. And I asked them, like, oh, I have to translate a poem. I don't know which one. Then they helped me to, to decide which poem. Also, other friends also. Um, I sent photos of some poems, and they, a lot of people select this poem. So that's, that oh. is why I was like, okay, I will translate this one. Because <laughs> okay. it was really hard. And then you're like, oh, I don't know which one I choose to translate. Yeah, it's a process. <laughs> it is, it is. Especially when you write it out a lot. And it sounds like you do write a lot. Yeah. I mean, I wish that I could write more, but I used to write a lot. Right now, I'm like writing like maybe one per month. Oh, yeah, you're busy. Yeah, yeah, but I do always, I have always in my mind to like, I need to write something because mm-hmm. it helps me to understand what I'm going through. Right, okay. Just okay. to live it out. Right, yeah, yeah. It definitely feel the same. I fortunately have some more time on my hands. Maybe it's just because I'm bad at time management. <laughs> so, you know, sometimes, as I was saying to you, I've been having trouble sleeping. So sometimes I'm laying in bed trying to go back to sleep and instead of writing a poem. I'm just like, ah, I'll write this poem. It does help to process and, you know, whatever feeling at that moment that drives you to write it down. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if that happened to you, but uh, it used to happen to me that like at 4 a.m. I wake up and it's like, I have these words on my mind. It's like, oh, I need to write it down just right away. Like, uh-huh. because if not, I, I will forget. And it's, mm-hmm. I don't know, the, the way that rhymes, they come like really sporadic. I don't know. They do, they do. I do find that same happens to me. Fortunately, they don't wake me up. <laughs> Fortunately. But there are times where some lines will pop into my head yeah. right as I'm relaxing and about to fall asleep. And then I used to get up and just write it. But now I just think to myself, you write it better if you just sleep. <laughs> I sleep and then see what happens if it comes back to me. There are lines that follow me for a few days before I put them down. I'm like, okay, okay, you, you, want, you want me to write it? Okay, I'll write it. <laughs> you know? I'm always scared that I will forget. But it's like anxiety. Like, oh my God, I will forget it. This is so good. Like, I need to write it right now. Yeah. Like, right now. Yeah, there there definitely was that for me. and But now I'm. it's a prioritizing for me because I know I function better when I get more sleep. Yeah. So now I'm like, okay, come back later. And there is a trade-off. And sometimes I do forget. The good thing with technology is that now you could just press the voice to text. Sometimes the I have software thinking, sucks. but I have been thinking about it just instead of writing, just to start talking in yeah. the voice recorder. Yeah, exactly. To express how I feel and then try to, I don't know, to translate in a poem or something like that. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a quick way for me if I have to. Because even typing, it's slow. Mm-hmm. Slower than if you just say it in a recorder and hopefully the transcription is the same. <laughs> because yeah. sometimes, sometimes, you know, you find that when you're saying voice to text in your phone, the text is nothing like what you said. You're like, yeah. this is not what I said. And it also made me realize that apparently I don't enunciate properly. <laughs> I mean, I, I can I have a strong accent. I love it. I do love my accent. But I cannot do like the thing of like 
talking and then like the phone typing. I yeah, cannot, voice to text. Yeah, no, you know, Siri not, doesn't understand me. So it's uh, like, uh, whatever, Siri. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's true. But there are some voice to text that I think for people who cannot see and sometimes they use voice to text. But for those softwares, in the beginning, you get to train your software. So they get used to your accent, they get to the cadence, they get used to your enunciation. But that's not, obviously, that's not Siri, which comes standard. Yeah. So apparently Siri's not used to listening to I mean, Siri's so very sassy too, that's why I really enjoy her. But, <laughs> yeah. but I don't use it too much often. <laughs> Just to laugh. Yeah. Sometimes. <laughs> I tr- haven't tried her yet. She's awesome. very sassy. It's that's amazing. That's amazing. It's just like, wow, Siri. You're not a level that I cannot even reach. So, <laughs> props to you. <laughs> oh my God. So, oh, that's great. For my poem that, that I chose to read with yours, it's also talking about potential. Yes. Yeah. And that's exactly why I chose that particular poem. There was another one where it was more about a relationship where I didn't realize during the relationship that person was well just because as you said just because you recognize the the potential in someone doesn't Mm -hmm. mean they're going to live up to that potential or that they want to Uh, it could be unfair to them to to live by your expectations exactly exactly so that was the other poem but i didn't really want to use that particular one because it was more about romantic relationships so i chose this one instead yeah uh, which is called vision quest i'm gonna read that now Vision quest. I see you. My sight penetrates your depth. No light needed. My guide is instinct. Searching out your secrets hidden in crevices, in corners blind to your cognizance. I see you. No need to evade. It's not an invasion, just an invitation for revelation, though I can't promise a journey painless, as I might stumble in your tunnels subterraneous. Sometimes angels are veiled in darkness, sometimes gods enlightened through heartaches, but rest assured that I see you, my eyes hold your entirety, no parts left untraced. You are free to come along, witness yourself in treasure mounds, coils of raw emotions waiting to unfurl, synaptic firings without allegiance. In potentials and actualizations, your energy surmounts the mortal boundaries. Oh, if you can see what I see, the galaxies that reside within, tears of rejoice would overrun the brim of the unquenchable cup. What paths you would choose, I might envision and hope, but my dear, it's your decision in the end. Thank you so much. That's great. It's just great. I mean, at the beginning, when I read it, I was just like, oh, this is, like, really interesting. But then at the end, um, it was like, I could see the theme. It was, like, potential, like, making the decision. And I was like, oh, I see how it relates to the... Because at the beginning, I was like, oh, maybe I will not get it. Or, (laughs) yeah, before I read your poem, I was like, oh, maybe I will not get it. Or, like, oh, I have to, like, read it with somebody else. To see like if they can get it, if I don't get it, mm-hmm. and then when I read it, it was just like, oh, it's so beautiful. Mm. It is really beautiful. Thank you, thank you so much. When I write, I don't necessarily know where the poem is going, and amazing. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's true. I sort of follow whatever, let my mind just wander a little bit and see mm-hmm. where it ends up. And part of the reason why I wrote that poem is because I think I actually began the poem with some negativity in mind sometimes I see people the way that they don't necessarily know that they're showing themselves Ooh, okay yeah okay. they might think they're projecting one image whereas I see what's behind that image and the real them sometimes I see that and sometimes when people see that I see that they hate me for it because they're trying to hide something then when I get to the second stanza um, or even the, the end of the first stanza, going to the second stanza, I'm no longer talking about me on a personal level because it takes on a more kind of spiritual aspect. Mm-hmm. A lot of the times I don't, like you, I write in somebody else's voice, even if I'm using the first person pronoun. Yes, yes, because yeah. you're embodying that person. Yeah, or I might start personal like this poem and then I go into a larger subject. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's amazing. And I think that being able to perceive somebody maybe by the way that the way that they are hiding what mm -hmm. you said, like I can see you um, through your crevices. I had to like look for the world because I was like I don't know what this is. Um, oh, crevices. This, yeah, yeah, crevices. It has several meanings, not just to be pressed no? with okay, the okay. folds. Oh, you know, like here, right here, that crease, that could be yeah. a crevice. What? Uh, oh and then God. even your eye sockets could be a crevice, but, you know, different shapes. Just anything that's like a fold, and, um, I guess a concave shape. Yeah. Things huh. like that. I mean, I took the basics because I just look in Google, and the first thing I was like, okay, this makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, you know, it's parts parts of ourselves. It could be an imagery for the mind as well because the brain folds. Yeah, whoa, that's, that's deep. <laughs> But I do like that, but I also think that maybe, like, people are not just what they project, but they also are what they are hiding. So there's, like, a duality, mm -hmm. and you talk about it in here. Yeah. I really like the concept of duality because I wrote, like, another poem when I was in Mexico because something happened, and it was at that moment I felt that I was, like, a failure or something. I don't mm -hmm. even remember what happened, but it was, like, I felt like... A failure when I feel like that I always go to very dark places and I wrote this poem that it was about me accepting that I'm light but I'm also darkness mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and it's nothing wrong about it yeah because I mean I, I always think that maybe like the way that society teach us is like you can only be one it's like oh you can you don't you cannot be darkness you can only be light right and, right, right. and we all have that issue Yeah, yeah. That reminds me also like a Harry Potter. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. There's like, oh, damn, I forgot. I always, I'm really bad at names with the, the Godfather of Harry Potter. Yeah, so I'm sorry, people. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's like a quote or something. J.K. Rowling will be looking at I'm looking so for you. <laughs> sorry. Um, sorry. I cannot I'm going to report you to her. Yes, definitely. <laughs> It should be punished. <laughs> but he says also something about, oh, I don't know if he's the one that said this, but it's in the third movie, in the Azkaban movie, mm. that talks about light and darkness and you can choose the path. But I think that yeah. each of us have something that we show, that we are like that, but we also have things that we hide and we're also like that. So it's yeah. like always a duality. Yeah. And like, yeah, in this part, they say sometimes angels, angels are veiled in darkness. Mm -hmm. Sometimes God and line through hardship so it's like yeah it's very powerful oh thank you Star Wars is the same right yeah. it's also about yes. light and darkness going it's just energy whether or not you the person who has that energy has to choose and also the same with um, the horror movie Stephen King's The Shining I have never oh you should watch it I mean I'm, I'm a crybaby so I don't watch Terror movies. Yeah, I don't watch horror movies for the I most mean, part. I get, I get like really scared, like really yeah. scared. Even though it could be really stupid, I'll be like, oh my god, it will follow me in the night. And I'll yeah, like, yeah, don't, yeah, don't watch The Shining. Although Shining, okay. <laughs> The Shining is not, it's not your traditional horror where things will pop up. I mean, there's some aspect of yeah. that, but it's so much more psychological. Oh, that's the one yeah. because I'm always really reflecting on stuff even though sometimes it's not necessary <laughs> because stuff happens and that's it. Mm -hmm. But I don't remember which... Oh, there was like Laberinto del Fauno, which I don't know how you say it in English. Oh, um, a pants labyrinth. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And like... I, I just was, saw that recently. Well, the thing is like, I want to watch it, but then my roommate's like, you should not watch it. And I was like why and she's like oh the image and like everything's very like psychedelic and blah 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 so you should not watch it mm. and she was like for real it will get you and you will be thinking about it like a lot of weeks and it's not good for you <laughs> and I was like okay so I follow my roommate's advice but um, yeah there is a lot of phantasm fantasy at more yeah it is as your roommate says sort of psychedelic it, yes. it has a fantasy aspect 
to it, but it also deals with darkness because the girl escapes into this fantasy. Yeah. And at some point, the audience also forgets what's real and what's fantasy. Wow. And it's interesting. Yeah, yeah. I imagine your roommate knows you better, so I don't recommend either way. So. I mean, she told me. She was like, oh, like, that really affect me. And I was like, okay. She can't watch or movies or things uh, like that. Okay. So I was like, okay, if she told me that, I'll just say with it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, that was, it was interesting. As you, you were pointing out, I wanted to talk about how we can learn from our pain, you know. Oh, yeah, that definitely. Aspect. And, you know, in a way to characterize them as a positive. Not that I think we should experience pain, but mm-hmm. if they do come, that we can take some positive out of those negative experiences. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, I think that definitely there's always something positive about life every experience and I'm always like try to see it I feel that I'm a very grateful person and I'm always even though like a lot of bad experiences happen to everybody Mm -hmm. I feel more that try to see the positive but also it takes time and if you're not Mm -hmm. ready and if you want to be mad for something well then be mad like embrace your feelings right right and being mad and having those what people characterize as negative emotions yeah they're good for you they we, teach we are you. humans <laughs> yeah and we have to feel stuff like that yeah I yeah. mean we cannot be happy all the time no no and also these feelings they teach you to be more aware of what you are comfortable with you know yes and if you always chase after positive feelings it's more like ignoring parts of yourself okay. yeah and I mean I feel that if you ignore the things that make you sad or something those feelings as space to grow because mm-hmm. you're not focusing on working on the issue you know? yeah. you're just ignore it so yeah. it's like the issue will grow with time with new experiences they will take you again to the feeling and then you have not worked through it so it's right it's a cycle like it's a cycle so there will be always highs and lows mm-hmm. you just have to be with a goal or something just go for it and if you're sad then you're sad and embrace it yeah, exactly. And as you said, these feelings, sadness, being mad at something, being angry, they point to issues that you need to deal with. And if yes. you don't deal with them, then a lot of times the issues get worse and then your feelings or your anger gets worse, your sadness gets worse. So yeah. It's good to heed those warning signs. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. That comes a lot with one topic of our problems, deciding to do something about it. Right. Right, yeah. And I think that shows a lot in your point. At the end, it's your decision. It's your decision to really be free to show me a part of you. It's your decision. After I sent you this poem that I wrote, I went to this library, actually, to a talk about disrupting body standards or something. Oh, really? and, and I thought that the talk was where it was going to be like, oh, like the perception of beauty, about mm-hmm. like yeah, that's what it sounds like. blonde people, blah, blah, right, blah. Right, right. But it was very powerful in the way that it was there was some people with diseases the hereditary diseases degenerative yeah that's okay. the word thank you that the body couldn't function so well at the beginning when I, when I wrote this poem it was like oh you are the things that you do but what happens when people cannot do stuff and it's not because they don't want to it's right. because they just can't Right, right. After that talk, I remember that I sang you that poem. I was like, oh, I feel so guilty because <laughs> the poem is talking about the things that you are the things that you do, but what happens to people that cannot do stuff that doesn't define them? Right. So right. I was like, well, I think that I should change the direction to you are your decisions. Mm-hmm. You have the power to decide. Right, right. Sometimes the decisions that we are offered or we are presented with are very limited. Yeah. Sometimes it's between a bad and a worse decision. Oh, yeah. So it depends on that. And we always face limitations. Mm-hmm. At the same time, when we see somebody who has all these wonderful potential and all they need to do is reach for it and they oh, don't, yeah, yeah. that's something completely different. Yeah, and also being able to decide could be a way of having privilege. Mm, yeah, yeah, to to have the decision and... To have the options. Yes. Yeah. Just to start with that. Exactly. Having options is a privilege. It is, it is a privilege. And sometimes people not only have the options of between a good choice and a better choice, but also the option of not taking a choice. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it's hard. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that nice privilege. 
I mean, yeah. yeah. I didn't grow up, not even close to be rich, but I always talk to my friends and maybe the way that I grew up that I never needed food or something. Mm-hmm. Or like, mm-hmm. my parents were really good parents. I have a really good family. that They were always there for me. And when I talk to some other friends that they're just like, oh, my parents went to another stuff, blah, blah, blah. I can see the privilege, the way that I grew up and having so many options that need me to be here right now. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, it's it's very difficult if we don't talk with people to understand how they came to be who they are. Yeah. Because there's a lot of things that we don't think about that go into the people we are today. Like you said, supportive parents are very important. People not having to worry about where your food comes from or whether or not you have shelter or comfortable shelter. All of these things that we don't necessarily think about when we don't have to think about them. Yeah, I have been privileged. And then when I I tell people like, yeah, I have been very privileged. People always think about like, Maybe my ethnicity, like, no, but you're, like, the minority of the minority. There's other people that is more privileged. Yeah, of course, there's more people. There's a lot of other people that is more privileged than me. But in my context, I feel I'm very privileged. Just to be able to speak English in an English country where there's a lot of people that have met that have been working here for a lot of years and they still don't know the language. And being just able to communicate. Right, right. That's a privilege. Exactly, exactly. And a lot of them don't have the time. They don't have the luxury of the time to be able to learn a new language. I I know like when my mom was working, she was working very hard and she couldn't, you know, when you're so tired, it's very difficult to absorb lessons of learning a new language, learning a new skill, like language. Yeah. As you said, you know, people think of privilege in many ways, they only think of it in kind of racial, ethnic terms. And that just because you're a person of color and a female person of color. Yeah, like Latina woman. Yeah, yeah. They're just like, oh, you're automatically being stepped on every day. Like you go outside the door and somebody, there's a big foot stepping on you. (laughs) But it's not... It's not necessarily the case. Sometimes it's because you're a, a very lucky person. Sometimes yes. it's that. And sometimes because of your socioeconomic situations that helps you to avoid the pitfalls of being yeah. stepped on by people who are more privileged or of the majority color. <laughs> no, definitely. Yeah. Um, I mean, and I have experienced also that kind of stuff of like um, being token or something like that. But mm-hmm. I always feel like I try to see it in a good way. But those are issues that, yeah, we should keep working on those and all yeah. that stuff. Yeah, I mean, yeah. they definitely exist. They definitely, yeah. oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, even though I'm a privileged person in my context, I see myself as a privileged person right now. There's also like a lot of stuff and injustice that I could see every day. And it's like, I just can't stand it yeah so we we still have a lot to work on we definitely in in every every kind of level oh yeah i mean i think that all history it's like we will have to work on something yeah yeah it takes a lot of conscious effort to takes a lot of conscious to say that oh maybe beliefs that i grew up there are not the only true Mm-hmm. And it's like just disrupting culture. Mm-hmm. That's challenging. It is. It yeah. is. But yeah. if you're open about, like, if you're open to learn, but again, not all people are like that. So no, there no. you go. Yeah, <laughs> because it's comfortable, right? It's oh yeah. Like what you were talking about, your friend, or he or she is comfortable wherever they are. Yeah, and that's why they don't feel like they should live up to whatever potential you might see in them because they are comfortable. Yeah, it's like about comfort and in that case of that person, it's like not believing in themselves. Mm -hmm. But that, in some ways, it's... um, It's also kind of like comfortable. Yeah, because they're in that comfort zone. Habitual comfort. Yes. Not, Not so much that they like that about themselves, but that... They're habituated to that particular feeling, and they rather stay with what they're familiar with, even though it's uncomfortable, than to reach for something that's unknown, because they're afraid that it could be worse, or whatever whatever psychological reasons for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Stepping out of the comfort zone is really hard. (laughs) It's like, it really takes... 
effort and takes time to adapt in some kind of way to the situation like get used to it there is one joke that it was like about well it's not like a joke it was like a meme or something that i saw like it was like i don't know maybe three years ago mm. one of the first times that i came to the u.s that i was learning english so i in my university in Puerto Rico, I won through this program, NRCT, uh, like a scholarship to go to the U.S. and hmm. study, like study Rotary? abroad or something. Hmm? Is RCT Rotary Club? No, 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 no. Okay. no it's NRCT, not our um, resources career track. Oh, okay, okay. It was, like, more like a, in my department, that program, they, they give you, like, a lot of opportunities. Oh, nice. Well, what it used to be my department, because I graduated. But, um... <laughs> And I came here, and one of my goals was to learn English, like to learn English because in Puerto Rico they teach you English, but if you don't practice it, it's like every language. If you don't practice it, but you don't talk in that language, you don't really actually interact with people. It's really hard. Mm -hmm. So yeah. I was like, okay, I need to get better at this, and I came here to the U.S. and started practicing English and all this stuff. And it was like, maybe like one meme or something that, by that time, my friend showed me that she was she was also from Puerto Rico and she was also like practicing English and all this stuff. And she came with the same scholarship too. And she, it was something that maybe like somebody invited her to do something and she didn't want to. And somebody told her, oh, like you don't like to go out to your comfort zone. You're always staying in your apartment. <laughs> And she joked about, like, can you really see that I'm always out of my comfort zone? Like, I'm very uncomfortable just talking <laughs> English. She's like, I'm always uncomfortable. <laughs> For me, that was really funny. I definitely could relate <laughs> to her. Yeah, so it's hard to get out of your comfort zone. It is. It is. Sometimes, especially in the situation you just described, where just speaking English in itself, just speaking English, living in a world that operates on an entire different language, yeah. is out of one's comfort zone on a daily basis. So why should she have to step out even further out of her comfort zone? Right? Yeah, I mean, our feel, uh, the science field is drives a lot by English. And there's like mm -hmm. a lot of good scientists that they only speak Spanish. And it's a shame that because they only speak Spanish, they're not like really well known because they don't communicate through the main language that is English. Right now in science, you have to have to learn English. Yeah, yeah. And, and a lot of fields. Yeah, but especially science because there's a lot of collaboration. And like, yes, definitely. Um, and the U.S. gives out a lot of funding and the European Union also gives out a lot of funding. And yeah, their main no, language definitely. is like English and French, but more English. Yeah. So it kind of depends on that. And if they don't collaborate internationally, then they don't get as much exposure, right? In the, oh, that's true. In that publications true. and stuff. Yeah, yeah. That's another topic, but um, <laughs> definitely, yeah. So different ways to decide to reach your goal and like getting out of your comfort zone. Yeah, yeah. And different levels of comfort. Different levels of comfort. Well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, anyway, thank you so much for coming on to the show and, and talking with me. And before I let you go, I wanted to find out if you plan to read elsewhere. Where can people see you read your poetry? Well, I like to read poetry in Spanish. I mostly write poetry in Spanish because it's more like an identity to myself. Like, I'm Latina, Spanish, and I feel like it's my home. Spanish is my home. Mm -hmm. So maybe like in the Palabras uh, Bilingual, it was last weekend, but I couldn't yeah. go because I was on field work. Uh. So my availability is kind of weird, but mm -hmm. maybe like in places that it could be bilingual. Because I feel, even though people maybe don't, doesn't understand me, I don't care. Um, <laughs> I'm like, I feel that like, I feel good at home just to like reading in Spanish. Yeah, I think there's, um, well, Palabras has pocket to me every third Saturday yes. for the open mic. So that's a place to find you. And I also saw you, the first time I saw you was actually at yes. the second Sunday at Connect and Heal's yes. open mic. And I want to go to their workshop. Yeah, I have that yeah. on my mind, so I'm like, yeah. I have to pop. <laughs> I announce poetry-related events, especially open mics, in and around the Valley area. So mm -hmm. there are plenty to choose from. And 
Many of the open mics, though they're predominantly English, they are open to hearing other languages. So oh, that's it's, nice. it's fine. Um, like Poetic Soul, I'm sure that audience, Cosmic Cadence, has a great audience. They're very open and they like a range of different performers. So okay. that's Wednesdays, every Wednesday. And Tuesday, King Kong also does a similar event. And, and he also has poets as well. So those are weekly ones, Tuesday and Wednesdays. So mm-hmm. whenever you have free time you can go yeah and there's a lot of people who are multilingual in the the audience as well in fact Ken Kong's underground experience takes place in a Mexican restaurant so okay if nothing else at least the owners will understand you that is that is great that (laughs) is great (laughs) yeah and it's a great venue so you should Definitely check those out. That way, I mean, you told me some that I put what I wrote down, but good, good, I have good. to. I have to go. I have to take the time and to go more to those because it's very fulfilling. Like I it feel, is. like I feel a lot of peace just like listening and like performing. Yeah, that was my second time performing. Like the time. Oh, so nice. I have to get better. Because I get really nervous, but really, no, it doesn't show. It doesn't show. I get super nervous. Really, like. Wow. Yeah. Well, if you didn't tell me, I wouldn't have known. Seriously, because the first time we yes, met, that was my first time. First yeah. Time, first time. And you have written that English poem basically yeah. on the spot, so you should definitely come. Really, seriously, nobody <laughs> would know you were nervous unless you tell them. Really. Okay, that's nice. <laughs> yeah. As I said, there are a whole bunch of open mic opportunities in the valley, but because you have field work, so if you or look, not field work, lab work, it's just right, like, right, exactly. You have work. school. You yeah, get, school. That's your main concentration. Yeah, yeah. So and I really enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> You have plenty of opportunities. That is true. If nothing else, at least you can just try out a Spanish poem. If they don't like it, the next time you know. I mean, yeah, Yeah. the next time we'll do something else. Yeah, exactly. Try something new. Well, thank you so much for inviting me. This is really nice. Of course, of course. But one last thing, one last thing, which is how do we connect to you? What's your social media? Do you have? My soul is like an old lady soul. (laughs) I only have Instagram because I love photography so much. So much. And I used to take like a lot of photography. Yeah, you can connect to me via Instagram. I don't have Twitter because I used to have Twitter, but that was when I was younger and I wrote like a lot of stupid things so i just saved the people from twitter to read my tweets <laughs> i should get back to like on professional level to tweet more about science stuff or poetry stuff yeah but no both we need both because that is true the duality yes the duality and also you're not the first scientist who's a poet that's been on no, the show yeah yeah, yeah that's yeah. true that's true yeah tell us what your instagram so my is. instagram account is Edauri4, so I will spell it out for you guys. It will be E D A U R I 4. It's my name and my lucky number. Nice. Yeah. Okay. And I will put the link on yeah. our episode notes so people can click and follow. Yeah, that's true. And whenever you revive your Twitter account again, let us know. Yeah, I have to revive it. <laughs> Don't. Don't go to the old tweets, people, please. <laughs> it's like the memories from Facebook. Oh, and I'm like, why did I wrote... It's every time, every day. It's just like six years ago. And it's like, why did I wrote that? It's just like, oh, my God. It's wow. so bad. Well, while you're taking a hiatus and no people don't know yet, you can always go and delete them. <laughs> no, I never, I never like, reshare them. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it's just really bad. It's really sad, but... I'm just saving you guys for that, so you're welcome. Thank you. Thank, thank you for that consideration. It's very nice of you. Again, thank you for your time. Thank you. Thank you so much. For those of you who are interested in attending Spanish open mics or hear Spanish poetry and Spanish literature, aside from Pocket to Me, which takes place at Palabra's bilingual bookstore on every third Saturday of the month, There's a special event taking place on March 23rd, hosted by Freddy Lopez. It's called Poesia en Voz Alta on the 23rd of March at 7 p.m., taking place at the Sagrado, which is at 6437 South Central Avenue in Phoenix. And Edauri has been very kind to share with us some of the poets and songwriters who inspired her to start writing poetry. I'm going to put those in the episode notes as well. 
And that concludes the Sunday, March 3rd episode of Poets and Muses. Again, you can follow us on SoundCloud, Instagram, as well as Twitter under Poets and Muses. And you can subscribe to our weekly newsletter on the upper right-hand side of our Poets and Muses SoundCloud page. I'm your host, Imogen A-Rate. Thank you for listening. I hope you have a great week, and I look forward to bringing you the show again next Sunday.